In this episode, you'll see firsthand what happens when you say yes to opportunities, to your own ideas, your intuition, and have faith that you have something special to contribute to the world. I'll give you a hint. Your voice is amplified and your little corner of the world gets bigger and bigger. This is Audacity, a podcast about stepping into your mission and using your voice to change the world. We'll explore topics around confidence, fear, strategy, purpose, and impact. I'll share the lessons I've learned as a former award-winning TV news anchor and learning as a media coach, strategist, and founder of Paradigm Media Group, a full-service media company. If you want visibility because you're a business owner and want to grow your audience with aligned clients, or you're someone who wants to be known for your perspective and ideas, you are in the right place. Hello, my friends. I'm your host, Letitia Barriola, and I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it's been a week. My business, Paradigm Media Group, is taking shape quickly. Frankly, I am just trying to keep up without exhausting myself. My faith is going to another level as God takes me to another level. And I'm just trying to take care of myself and my family along the way. What an adventure. (laughs) All right. So this week I wanted to interview one of the most influential people I know. So... I called up my friend, Stephanie Jones. She's the founder of Women at Work, a global women's networking, empowerment, and lifestyle brand. She's also a board-certified licensed clinical social worker at her own private practice. And you know, if you've been watching, watching Stephanie's journey, boy, oh boy, has her brand grown exponentially since we last recorded a podcast episode back in 2019. Y'all, she was my first interview. She's the one that basically helped me launch this podcast. And so this go round, I wanted to know how she has navigated her growth. I mean, from the press, she's been on every local news channel. Heck, even Beyonce gave her a grant through her nonprofit, recognizing her excellence. And I wanted to know how she's navigated answering the call to be an influential woman whose assignment includes speaking in front of audiences, media of all kinds, and consistently putting herself and her brand out there. She is the engine that fuels all things women at work and even her brand as a licensed clinical social worker. She's got a lot going on. And she's pushing it all forward. She's getting visible and really showing up to the call on her life. So in true Stephanie style, she gives you wisdom. She shares some hard lessons she's had to learn and what it really takes to say yes to all God has for you. Enjoy. Stephanie Jones, welcome back to Audacity. Thank you. Um, I just just say this is very nostalgic because my first episode of Audacity was actually recorded in March. So it was this month, um, four years ago. So 2019. Wow. Wow. 
We've been through COVID, babies, COVID, mm-hmm. businesses, business. brick and mortars. Like we'll get into it, but a lot has changed since that day. Um, so if people want to hear it, it, listen, I have evolved a lot since that first interview. So I don't even know if I want to send you back. Let's just keep you right here. <laughs> but um, at this point, present. Can, yeah, just, just stay right here. You ain't got to go back. Like this is new. Um, Okay, so people know who you are. They know about what you're building here in Jacksonville and beyond. And so I want to know, when did you know you were created to have influence? Like, was it a little girl moment where you're like, oh, I love a stage or I love an audience? Or have you always had this sense that, oh, wow, my purpose is connected to other people's purposes? Man, I feel like that it has grown over time. Um, So doing a little thinking back, because I was a young lady that was heavily involved in the church, which meant that I was in the choir, I had to teach Sunday school, uh, I had to serve as an usher, lead devotional. Um, I recall very early having a foundation of leadership, because that's what those types of experiences teach you is how to feel comfortable being in a leadership position. Um, And because I was so active in the choir and leading song at that time, I I definitely thought that I was going to be Beyonce. (laughs) Like if I had to just like pick myself out, like I want to be on the big stage and I want to tour and I want to sing. But I definitely noticed that fear was always something that just kind of rang in my thoughts of feeling like, yes, I can hold a note but I don't know if I'm a performer. Mm-hmm. And so in recognizing one, a piece of fear and then two, just a lack of readiness. Like I really wasn't uh, necessarily honing that craft in any sort of way. It was just a natural gift that I had. Um, and as I started to venture into the spaces of entrepreneurship is when I was revisited with that again, because that wasn't my, my journey in college. I wasn't super involved and a lot of extracurricular activities or programs or anything. I was a student girl, like that was it. And so once I started small business, um, it really just kind of called a lot of me or required a lot of me. Um, And being a girl that could literally probably like swallow her tongue in the middle of talking, just like, oh my God. Um, And recognizing that that was always a thing, I felt that same type of intimidation and going into the small business space. Um, But because I was already in it, I didn't give myself a lot of opportunity to entertain the voice because I was already in it and I was already being called to do things that I knew made me feel uncomfortable, but in an effort to not make them look bad or to make myself look bad, then I would notice this kind of rise to the occasion type of energy in the same energy or the same lane paralleling with a performer because I would go on stage and talk to whoever I needed to talk to, deliver the message that I would have to deliver, go through all of the same energy that I felt as a kid. But I feel like at that time, I just wasn't ready and I hadn't Mm -hmm. achieved enough in my mind. I hadn't satisfied enough to make me feel like I was worthy of anyone Mm -hmm. hearing anything that I had to say, but I could always get validation at work because in working in (laughs) mental health, I'm talking one-on-one 
with someone yeah. and it's not the same talking one-on-one as it is and speaking to a larger audience but that was also a part of that journey and feeling more comfortable and speaking with an audience is because I had mm-hmm. to find that one person in the audience to kind of like if I can just drive it on home to this person then I yeah. won't have to worry about all of the other people that are in this room too um, and mm-hmm. that's what really, really helped to recognize that there was some level of influence there, um, mostly because of the the frequency. So I was frequently being called upon. Yeah. And at that time, I recognized that I needed to be obedient to the calling because that message wasn't coming, coming, coming um, if I wasn't entertaining it. So I just instinctively said yes, even if I felt uncomfortable, even if I wasn't sure, even if I really didn't even know it was going to fit with my calendar. I would just say yes, because I knew that if I said yes, then I was going to have to prepare. And that Mm -hmm. as I was preparing, then I knew that that was going to contribute to the performance. I just didn't know in what way. So as I continued to be called upon, like I started to feel that there is something that I have and Mm -hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure of what it is. And I don't need to know um, the entire end game or the entire story but I am going to try to channel this to benefit at least one person. So my influence was a whole lot less on just general social media, on just, you know, um, family. I really made it smaller and smaller. One person, can I help this client? Can I influence Mm -hmm. this client Uh, Mm -hmm. with my friends? Can I influence my friends or a friend in some way? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when as a friend group, I used to always be the person to say, let me check my calendar. (laughs) And I remember doing that on purpose, right? One, to be able to be better organized. um, But two, it was almost like a teaching module for me and my friends about how to respect one another's time. So Mm -hmm. now fast forward from 2019 and beyond up to present day, all of us are like, girl, let me check my schedule. Let me check my calendar. Let me see if it fits because we are so busy and we all have our own level of influence, but we just don't want to miss the message of where your influence is the most valuable. Mm. You know, it's really interesting going back to as a young girl and like the vision in your head at that time was being Beyonce. And we laugh about it, right? But I do think that, because I can relate for me when I was in that middle school, the vision that I had was Lala. Remember Mm. when Lala was Mm a on MTV. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the vision that I believe was dropped in, because I mean, think about where we are in life, who's, you know, our, our influence influences us, who's hot in entertainment, all of that, that kind of be, like who we are drawn to. So what was dropped in my spirit, I felt like was Lala. So I made like a vision board. I put Lala there and I was like MTV VJ and I put like affirmations around it. And I, I didn't realize that she was like the catalyst of me getting on TV until way later when people asked like, did you always want to be this? I was like, no, I never, I never, I don't really know how I got into this. Like, wait a second. No, I did have a vision of wanting to be Lala (laughs) on TV. But I say that like to ask, like, do you believe that, um, that we're given a vision and that a vision is allowed to evolve over time as we grow, but it's like just enough to get us experimenting or like yeah. peak our interest in that field. Yeah. I feel like during that season, it's almost like God is trying to test you. 
obsessed you with that thing that maybe you didn't realize you really, really wanted or didn't really realize how much you needed it until the seed was planted. Um, Because even at that time, I didn't necessarily do a vision board, but I was imitating a lot. Uh I was imitating her performance. I was imitating the way that she would sing. Could I carry the note in the same way that she would? Maybe not necessarily the same bravado because your girl got some pipes. Um, but I just recognized, right, that influence was there. Um, and But it was almost like a, just a little spark. Yeah. And the spark is there, but you have to be the person to fan that flame. And, yes. you know, when those opportunities come or when it just won't go away, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that you have to be obedient to that calling to at least test it out. Because you yeah. never know, it may completely change the just the course of your your life. And so I was in the airport and uh, I met this 95 year old woman. And I was just so blown by the fact that she was 95 and in the airport and traveling alone. Mm -hmm. And that piqued my interest to talk to her, right? Because I'm that person in the airport (laughs) talking to strangers, like it's such a pleasure, (laughs) you know? And so we're just chatting. And, you know, at that point, I felt like I needed to try to gather as much life advice as I could from such a seasoned saint. And so my question to her was, you know, what is your secret to living longevity in life and and feeling fulfilled in life? And so she said, well, you know, us as women, we have to always be willing to evolve and change who we are every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And she said, I've been a flight attendant. I've worked in project management. I've gone to culinary school. I've been an instructor and a professor at a college. You know, and so she had just done so much. And I said, you know, well, were you bored? (laughs) And she said, no, I was just obedient to the calling. God gave me more than one gift. He gave me more than one thing that I am. And I felt like I would be, you know, almost doing a disservice to, to my faith and to my faith journey if I didn't be obedient to the calling. Oh, my gosh. What a great way, because that's how you sort of ended your story that's still being written is answering Mm. the calling. And that's like, you know, another version of you, how many years ahead. And that's what she continued to do at your stage and on and on and on. Oh, that's powerful. That takes me to my next question around, um, you had to kind of get comfortable in front of cameras, crowds, audiences. I mean, you were on local TV. I mean, remember, you're a private practice therapist, right? And you are, your brand is growing stories. Now news wants to tell stories about what you're doing. You're hosting conferences. You now are a business owner and brick and mortar, like outside of it. So there's so much. And all of that created this buzz around you and around your brand and around the Beyonce grant and Bank of America. You're because, right? So you're, your voice is being elevated like a firecracker. And so you're catching up and you got to be camera ready and ready, ready, ready. So how do you kind of get into that mode? Like, okay, here we go. Here comes, you know, here's the next local station. They got their camera and their mic and I've got to be prepared. Um, Is there anything that you do to be ready for those moments? Mm -hmm. So number one, I was always nervous, (laughs) always nervous always nervous of just feeling like, okay, Steph, you're about to do it again, right? (laughs) No matter, even if the questions were similar or the same, I still felt like, oh, like I'm just nervous in general. 
And so one of the first things that I did, even before going into the stations, is one, I had to just kind of affirm to myself a little bit more and coach myself about being selected and having to confront feelings of imposter syndrome, you know, that I wasn't good enough or why would they want to talk to me, right? I'm just in private practice or I'm only one person or, you know, I've only done the conference one time or two times, you know, of almost disqualifying myself. So I had to Mm -hmm. start with the voice in my head to qualify me more because Mm -hmm. there was something that I had done that someone trusted me to be on TV. (laughs) Yes. I was one of those people. I trusted you to be on TV. Yes. Yes. So that made a difference, right? That gave me a little bit of an inch forward, a little bit of a nudge to feel like I can do this because someone else sees value in me to feel like I can do it. So I trust her. So I'm going to lean into trusting her because I know that she's going to lead that. I know that my friend's not going to let me look crazy. You know, that it's all about, right, trusting there. The Mm -hmm. second part to that was preparation. And it wasn't preparation to be able to answer those questions that were going to be asked. It was preparation for the things that were making me scared. Why was I feeling afraid? What was it that made me so nervous about going on TV? Was I afraid that I wasn't going to have the right words, that they weren't going to be perfectly quaffed in a way to make the point that I feel like I was going to be ushered along that conversation so fast that I wasn't able to really think before speaking. So I had to explore, right, my preparation of like, why am I scared at all? And then to fill that with how can I counter that energy? How can I, how can I confront that energy? What things make me feel more confident, right? If I feel more scared here, what things also make me feel more confident? So at that time, my friend is right there. I feel more confident because she's in the room. Right. I know that my friend is not going to make me look crazy. So I trust that she's going to position questions in a way that are going to be very easy for me to be able to answer. And I'm, she's familiar and she's relatable. Right. Everybody doesn't have that type of easy intro mm-hmm. into it, but I was still nervous nonetheless. So even once you left news, I was nervous about how was I going to handle it without my friend being in TV. But but it's so great because you're like when I was just doing some research, I was like, man, she's she's on Channel Four, right? She's uh she's in the newspaper, so it's like the opportunity that was it was a really special way to enter the yeah. media world with a friend. Like that's I think how God kind of looks out for us, right? Not not yeah. everybody's gonna get you know the local newscaster mm-hmm. to to right, but there's always gonna be like. A, you can allow a soft entry into the media world. It doesn't have to be really, really hard. And so I, I love to see the evolution of that because now you're everywhere. I'm sure there's some nervousness, but like one of the things I teach is that part of it, when I thought about my 12 years on TV and people ask, well, how did you get so confident and so easy and just like free with yourself? And I had to really think about it because my first answer was like, I natural it's like that's just this is who I am but I'm like that's not the answer the answer because I went back to 2010 and I was not like oh, let's just get on there no I was nervous I was yeah. my voice was really high I was gonna talk it like this because I was really nervous no I was different but the difference is I did it over and over and over and over and over again and all different kinds of atmospheres in a studio in the field next to a fire crash next to a beauty queen so the fact that I did it over and over again yeah I got to a point where now I feel comfortable did you see that with yourself like that 
once you, okay, now here's channel four coming along, talking about, you know, profiling you, here comes the local newspaper doing a whole write-up on you. Did it get easier? It did. It did much in that same vein of just consistency, repetition, right? Doing that thing. And I would say that that's, that's also the, the wind beneath my wings and doing anything that I've done is that, you know, you have to be willing to do it scared and doing it uncertain, doing it unfamiliar, you know, where sometimes all of the pieces aren't laid out for you. Maybe your friend isn't, you know, in news, but you can still do the work to prepare for the things that make you feel scared. And you can still embrace the things that make you feel confident and trying to trust those areas, you know, a whole lot more is because without that repetition, maybe if it was only that one interview, maybe once a year, then I probably would have still felt the same energy. But because it was happening at such a volume, Mm -hmm. I really didn't have a lot of time to think about Mm -hmm. being scared. Like it was still present, you know, but I didn't have a lot of time to really ruminate or or linger in that type of, of energy. So, you know, when those moments are calling us to action, it's calling us to action. It's calling us to act. It's calling us to do and so don't miss your your message. Don't block your blessing because you feel like you're not ready. The universe mm-hmm. has shifted in a way to tell you you're more than ready. Mm. Yes, don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity. Yeah. It's going to be clear to you when it's time. I really believe that. You won't have a doubt. It will feel so real and so right now that like it's, it's a now not now or never, but it's now and we don't know when you'll have the chance again, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to seize the opportunity, seize the moment. So that goes into my next question around just like how you've been able to continue to make space for your elevation. So once we know you dipped your toe into the pool of, of speaking in front of crowds, elevating your brand, like that just continued to elevate you, elevate you and elevate you. How did you... Remember, y'all, she's coming from a private, successful private practice. She's working one-to-one. She is now a woman, as you heard in the intro, who has a conference for both uh, adult women and little girls. She's helping them with her nonprofit, right? She's getting grants from Beyonce. <laughs> she is. Um, she has a, a brick-and-mortar, you know, co-working space. Um, what am I missing, Steph? Like, what else? You, I don't know, but as you, you say it out loud, it sounds like I'm doing the most. Your fiance, <laughs> like, okay. So how did you make space? Because I feel like a lot of us use time as an excuse to, um, to, to postpone answering the call to elevate. And you don't seem to be one to postpone a call to elevate. You seem to say yes mm. right when it comes to you. How do you do that? So I would say that then it looked like I was good at it, but I wasn't. Um, Being a person that can most certainly operate from a place of blind confidence, aka faith, Mm -hmm. um, that I can very easily and instinctively and impulsively say yes to things. And that can very easily disregard other stuff that I may have had going on in life, um, which can create imbalance. And I noticed that because it was moving at such a fast pace, it kept me busy, which also meant the people in my life also became very busy um, or also had to be present or also had to pick up the slack. And Mm -hmm. I was really just not good at it, right? I recognized that I was being busy, but I wasn't being productive. And so I had to get into arguments. I had to 
be frustrated. I had to be upset to tears. I had to really look at like, Steph, what are the things that you're doing? Because I'm more of a service-based industry person and not a product-based. So everything that I would probably tend to do would require me physically being there for that. And there's only so much time in one day. Um, and so my process of trying to iron that out was I had to listen to the people in my life most affected by my yes. Hmm. Because your yes also has to have balance as well. So I had to confer with people, right? Not even just my partner in life, but then also my friends, right? Because I've had times where I've overbooked myself or stretched myself thin to try to accommodate the yes in too many directions and creating an imposition in other areas. So I really had to master and get so much better at balancing time because time is probably our biggest commodity right now. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and recognizing how we choose to use that time makes a big difference. So now I'm a whole lot less busy and a whole lot more productive. And that mm -hmm. came from things not being together, right? Even if the world can look at you online, they can look at you on social media, they can even look at you in person and feel like, man, how do you do it? Your life is just so together, or at least it, it's packaged in that way. But that's the thing about packaging. You can package anything to look the way that you want it to look and only share it with the people that you feel comfortable sharing that with, whoever's in your trust circle. And so I just didn't want to operate from that level of uh, a lack of authenticity, of not being able to say, mm, your girl is struggling, like, mm, she did too much this week. Oh, she needs to have a seat. Um, but that came from all of those complaints, complaints in the form of I miss you, in the form of you were late, in the form of what happened, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, you know, to be able to call yourself to the carpet and say, Steph, you are evolving and you're growing and you're growing at such a rapid pace, but don't forget to make room for you. Don't forget to make room for the people that you most value in your life while you're also in service to your community. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that answer because it's, it's not the glamorous answer, yeah. right? The question was like, how do you make space for all the amazing things yeah. you're doing? And you could have given us calendar tips. You could have said, yeah. it's all about your morning routine. You could have said, I got a virtual assistant. No, you told us what is really like, what really happens when you start to grow and grow fast. Yeah. And especially if you're an ambitious one and that you have vision and you really want to make, have impact in the beginning, I think a lot of us can fall into that temptation too, to just say yes and dive in and show up, as you said, rise to the occasion every single time. Yeah. But I love this answer because it's it's a um it's a, a little bit of a warning of what can happen if you are not intentional from the jump about yeah. how you're spending your time. And I think you you probably saved a lot of people, you know, some time around that area because you went through it. And you're here to say, yeah. listen, don't say it. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be fun. But you still have family and friends. You still have a body and mind. You got to take care of. You got to. Buff create buffers, my gosh, between yeah. one thing and the next, right? So buckle mm -hmm. up and get ready for when it comes. And so I kind of now I want to ask what what is the consequence? And I would love kind of your therapy mm -hmm. hat on this too. What is the consequence of not rising to the occasion and saying yes when there is a call 
to use your voice or start building out your vision. And I'll kind of, the question is coming from a personal experience around when I was a professional news anchor and not an entrepreneur, didn't have my business yet, but I was feeling stifled. I wasn't able to use my voice like I want. And when I say use my voice, I know it's kind of cliche, but it's like, really what I'm saying is I wasn't able to express my ideas, express my creativity, um, get things out of my head and my body into the world like I wanted to. In fact, mm-hmm. I felt like I was being counterproductive. And what I was, the output I was giving to the world, and you know, as a friend, like towards the end, it was really hard. The output in the world was actually like going against my values at one point. It was going against what I believed. It was fear, all this stuff, right? So I was like, I got to release. I started the podcast. And that that kind of released some of the pressure. Yeah. And it was it was an, a literal outlet. So is there any science or is there anything, you know, from your therapy practice where there is a consequence to not kind of like answering the call on your life creatively yeah. or using your voice? Yeah, I'd say in a therapy setting, I'll have folks that may come in and they're dealing with just kind of these existential dilemmas or these existential crises, things that they're trying to understand, like, what is my purpose? What is my thing in life, right? If God has a a plan and a vision for everyone's life, I feel like I'm struggling to figure out mine. And they're just kind of stuck in this place of feeling like their life is somehow lacking purpose and value, you know, and that they're needing to find that answer. Because a lot of times the feedback that they give about how it impacts them from not exercising that as an outlet or not pursuing that thing or not working to try to figure that out is that they just feel weighted. They feel weighed down. They feel heavy. They feel like their output is just barely getting by. Um, They feel doubt. They feel a lot of fear. A lot of their self-esteem becomes compromised because it's it's just the weight of inactivity in some way. And feeling like you haven't been productive to do something, even if it's, you know, because like this year I said, okay, Steph, what's that thing that you want to do? Something that may have nothing to do with work or anything to do with family. Like what's a personal fulfillment thing or item on your list? And this year I wanted to get a boating license. No rhyme or reason, nothing special. Just, My friend about I, to have I'm a here. boat. We friend, about to be on the boat. St. John's River. A whole boat, whole boat. So when I say, y'all, let's go, like, y'all better get ready to Jimmy. Like, let's go. And then my second thing, if I didn't do that, it was to get my pilot's license. And these are like things that I'm literally just like, you can have that friend. I'm going to take the boat. Your other friends can take the plane ride with you. (laughs) The lower level to that was a flight attendant. But, (laughs) you know, but it was just out of not feeling like I'm lacking purpose or lacking, you know, something to help me evolve. Um, But I've been in service. I've been in a service-based industry. Everything about my job is in service to everyone else. And recognizing that in my quest to make sure that I maintain something for me or something that encourages me to continue learning, that was what I came up with. And I was like, man, I'm going to get my boating license. And then I'm going to put all of my friends and let them be hot on a boat. And we're just going to drive around the St. John's River and go home. (laughs) But you just feel weighed down. You know, honestly, when you're not being obedient to that calling, you feel stuck. You feel weighed down. You feel unfulfilled. Even if that job that you're doing is great, 
it's not the thing that drives you. It's not the thing that makes you excited. It's not the thing that makes you tick because I experience those moments of euphoria and a high when I'm doing certain activities or events. So certain clients that I may see, like their energy is transferred onto me. And so I really look forward to seeing them as a client. <laughs> like yeah. They just have great energy. Um, and then sometimes it's an empowerment conference. Like the energy in the room that day was just so electric, you know, that I feel like I'm willing to be more obedient to the calling because I'm feeling the juice, I'm feeling the sauce, you know, yeah. and it won't be every single thing that I do, but I do recognize that there is value in something that I do. So I'm not looking for that at every single venture that I may pursue. It's just, I have to get this off of me. And that once I exercise that thing, then that tells me if it stays and that tells me if it goes. And that usually is based on customer engagement at that point. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a great example because for me, it was the podcast, you know, mm -hmm. that was my first step into like the releasing of the weight deciding whether it stays or goes, look at me now. It stayed with me. And in fact, I say it was, and this is not everyone's story, right? They start a creative project. Now they're an author or like, and they left their job. My, my story is a little dramatic, but Audacity, this podcast was um, my entry point into what it could be like to build something based off of my beliefs mm -hmm. and my skills and my expertise. And y'all know the rest of the story. So that is so true. And I want to, um, I want to wrap with this. I want to talk to the people. Okay. We don't talk to the people who have this book idea and they're fantastic mm -hmm. author writers, but they're afraid of writing the book. We have people with big personalities that love YouTube and they can see themselves having like their own YouTube series. The person who loves podcasts, who wants a podcast, I'm talking about the creative people who see in their head like we did when we were little girls, Beyonce and Lala, they, they see the grown-up version of that in their head. They admire those people and they would love to just try that out. What is your advice for them to drop the weight of like keeping their voice stifled, how to get the weight off them and just start somewhere? Where would they begin? So it's really more of a question followed by comments for, for the listeners. So my question to those that are just kind of vacillating between whether they should do it, whether they should do it again, or they're just trying to figure out how do I get into any one thing that I may be interested in. Um, my question would be, how are you supposed to know how it ends if you never begin? Say that again. One more time for the people in the back. I how it. are you supposed to know how it ends if you never begin? Oh. Yeah. so right we always know that there are three things in life that none of us can avoid we know that we all have to deal with pain and being hurt or being offended being betrayed being misled we all have to deal with uncertainty and not knowing the outcome and the anxiety of being unsure and taking a step without knowing what's going to happen and we all cannot escape hard work. We all have to do the work. We all have to put one foot in front of the other. As a business owner, you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other, even when the sales are driving and when the sales are in the gutter. You always have to believe in yourself enough that if nobody shows up, you know that it's still a good thing, that sometimes mm -hmm. the world just needs to catch up. Because mm -hmm. you have a Beyonce that can come on the scene and that we love everything about her from the beginning. 
But then maybe you have someone else that comes on the scene that has to do a little bit more work. They have to keep yeah. pumping that mixtape a little bit more that they know that they're deserving <laughs> of Beyonce level praise. You know, yeah. but sometimes, right, there are times where we have to recognize when we need to play the tambourine in life <laughs> instead of trying to sing lead. And that's what I also came to learn, right? There are seasons when I played the tambourine for you, seasons when we played tambourines for our friends, and times where each of us have had to sing lead in our respective industries. But if we would have never started, we would have never known, right, how that was going to be or learned that that wasn't the thing that we wanted to keep. So the the message and the takeaway phrase for everybody is obedience, no matter in what form or shape that that looks like, because you have to start, you know, because if you never start, you actually will never know how it ends or you're essentially predetermining that it won't end well. Yes. I was about to add that. It's like you have decided how it's going to end, which is yeah. it doesn't it won't even exist. Yeah. And you're just telling yourself a story about how it will end and it's like where the where I know where the story is coming from a lot of times is our past yeah. it's messages it's all kinds of stuff drama that tells us a story before we begin of how it's going to end but I love and this is so such a you answer because this really is how she is in real life is I mean I'm thinking about even the process of getting her co-working space right it's like before she had all of the, you know, she has support and all of that, but there was still this unknown factor of how this was gonna, how this was gonna work, right? Like how the city would yeah. respond to this. Yeah. But it's like, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't make up an end of it, right? You didn't say yeah. and forecast anything. You just knew you had to rise to the occasion and continue to on the path, no matter how hard it was, right? And um, you're such a success story because if, if y'all have, ever popped over and you should uh downtown jacksonville you will see it has evolved to this most beautiful space with other partnering with other like-minded business owners who are impacting the world right but if she would have just talked herself out of it and somebody asked it to the city <laughs> somebody else would have done it but they wouldn't have done it as good as you um yeah. but right an asset to the city and asset to her brand like there's so much that would have not happened if she didn't step up to the plate and say, let's just see how this story ends. I'm going to do my part. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to put in the yeah. work and then mm -hmm. trust that it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. Stephanie Jones, thank you for your time and your wisdom. Um, I still can't believe you. I mean, I, I, you're not just getting started, but I just feel like there's so much more. How mm -hmm. is it possible? I don't know. But there's so much more for all of it. For all yeah. of it, for the conference, for the um, co-work space, for your private practice. So I want people to follow the journey with you. How can they watch you, work with you, serve with you? Where's the best way to find you? Oh, man. Everybody can watch me work. Watch me work. Uh, watch me work. I know. If you ever come by the office, you'll see that that's definitely a signature item in the co-working space. Um, is the watch me work sign. Everybody loves to take photos mm -hmm. at our neon sign. Um, but everyone can watch me work um, at our website, which is www.womenatwork.com. And keep in mind that work has an E instead of an O for all things empowerment. Um, you can also find me on your social media channels of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok um, at women at work. 
I know TikTok is a newer one for me. Ooh. Yeah, girl, TikTok is a newer I mean. one for me. It's just too this much. This is what I mean. Stephanie will go. She will go and try something out. See, I went and I stood, stayed a little bit, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't." Y'all doing y'all doing a lot. Oh yeah, I'm we're, not, we're I'm in not the same able. category. <laughs> same category. Able. My hat goes off to our friend Dr. Jack that she has really figured out that figured that out. scene. But I'm a person of like, okay, which one is doing the best for me? Okay, yeah. great. I'm gonna focus all of my attention there and try yeah. to keep that engagement there because there are just way too many channels. There are way <laughs> too many opportunities to engage. There's so many. I'm like, I cannot keep up. So I'm very, very excited. And yes, I am already working on that next evolution item um, of which to give you that BTS. Um, yes. I am, the co-working space will still do its thing. The counseling practice is definitely still beyond successful. And so now I am hiring additional clinicians mm -hmm. because in hiring more people, right? That means that business is expanding. And that means that I don't have to do as much Yes. Counseling and that I can do it for the times that I want to do it. Yes. Um, and so that is expanding to be able to take on more staff, um, taking on more interns. I have a total of four right now. So just really keeping them busy because um, that's also how you keep yourself afloat. You got to have a network of people around you that also mm -hmm. are experts in what they do so that you're not always being overloaded. Um, and so the practice is expanding. We've actually garnered a new contract with Overflow Health Alliance. And so they service the LGBTQ plus uh, population with healthcare services. And so we'll be adding mental health as an element to their office. Um, so we'll definitely be taking on that and adding more service to Jacksonville. And then Stephanie herself will be focusing on speaking engagement and book writing. <gasps> She's writing a book. Okay, we gonna have. I need. I need five minutes after this podcast to hear about this book. Y'all gonna hear about it too. But let me go get the. Let me go get the tea. <laughs> Love you, Stephanie Jones. Thank you Love so you much. Too, Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share on your social media channels. Maybe tag me so I know you are listening. And if you have a second, write a review. Reviews are the single most powerful way to support my show. And I just, I would really appreciate it. So I thank you in advance. Also, a gift for you. I created a private podcast uh, just for you. If you are serious about elevating your voice and want a step-by-step -step guide on how to do that, I have got you covered. So just click the link in the show notes and download my private podcast, Show Up With Ease. All right, my friends, it's been a joy to serve you in this way. I'll see you next week.